Matthew 2, the first 12 verses. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So far the reading. I've entitled today's sermon, Jesus is the Gift That Keeps On Giving. This past Monday was the 179th anniversary of the publication of one of the most famous ghost stories ever written. It's a story most of us have read or seen, seen on film perhaps, but if you hear the last part of its very long name, you'll probably not recognise it. Second part of the name is In Prose, Being a Ghost Story of Christmas. But I've no doubt you'd recognise it immediately by the first part of its name, A Christmas Carol. Dickens's book is set against the background of a bleak and cold Christmas Eve. It's the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, a penny-pinching old cheapskate who turns away two men who seek a donation for, from him to provide food and eating for the poor. But those aren't the only visitors that he receives. That night there there are four ghostly visitors. First there's the ghost of his former business partner. Then three, three very spooky visitors pitch up. The ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present and Christmas yet to come. And this is a life transforming experience for old Scrooge. This penny pinching cheapskate begins to treat everyone with kindness, compassion. He embodies now all of a sudden the spirit of Christmas. These ghosts of Christmas past, present and yet to come gave him a precious gift, a new insight to what Christmas was all about. And he began to live his life in a new way. And there are many people today who are caught in in a similar and in an opposite trap to the one in which Scrooge found himself originally. They've lost sight of the real meaning of Christmas. I've heard of one family where they draw up for each other a a list of the gifts they want. And these aren't sort of little gifts. 
some of them are extremely expensive. You know, they draw up this list sort of like, a, like the kids that send their lists of, for gifts to an imaginary old man that's supposed to be up somewhere in the North Pole. They've become so wrapped up in having to get what they want that they've lost sight of what it is all about. Folks, Christmas isn't about getting presents. It isn't about getting presents from your parents, your grandparents. It isn't about watching or going to the carols in the domain show. It isn't about spending time with your family and having lunch together, although that's not a bad thing in itself, of course. Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about the celebration of coming of the coming of the Saviour of the world. And if we look at our text this morning, we see how a group of wise men came to the newborn king. They came to, to Bethlehem via Jerusalem to, to worship, to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the newborn king, and they came to do that by bowing before him, by worshipping him. They brought gifts to honour him. And their gifts may have been precious, but it was Jesus himself who was the biggest gift of all. He was God's gift to the world. He's still the most important gift that anyone can receive. And the full magnitude of his gift will be revealed when he returns again. See, Jesus is the gift of Christmas past. He is the gift of Christmas present. And he is the gift of Christmas future. Let's look first then at Jesus who is the gift of Christmas past. Genesis 1 tells us that humans were created in the image of God. But that perfect relationship between man and God was shattered when man, or if you want to be politically correct, humankind, um, decided to disobey God. After this fall, the relationship was always fractured. And in order to atone for their sins, people had to offer sacrifices. But none of those sacrifices could, could even come close to that perfect atonement. As the book of Romans tells us, even now, the whole of creation groans. It groans under the weight of sin. No matter how good the person, no matter how great the sacrifice, no one, no one can restore their relationship with God. That's why God promised a saviour, right? A sinless saviour. A sinless saviour whose sacrifice would bring perfect restoration. It was only in such a saviour that there was any hope of reconciliation. It was only in such a saviour that there could be redemption. Restoration, reconciliation and redemption could only come through a sinless saviour. And God's plan, God's plan from before time began was to provide the saviour. This is what was prophesied throughout the Old Testament. We see that, for instance, in the book of Isaiah. The second chapter of Luke, we also read about the fulfillment of that prophecy, that prophecy of the, of the promise of a saviour. An angel appeared to the shepherds who, in the, who were in the field watching over their flocks and said the following, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you today is born in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And it is this saviour that our wise men were tracking down. God had given these, these stargazers special insight. They knew that this was the king of the Jews. No earthly king, mind you, but the king of the Jews. This was the promised saviour, 
the one from before whom they came to kneel, the one who would, they would come to honour, the one that they'd come to honour with their worship and their precious gifts. Now a lot has been made about the gifts that they brought. Um, the early church fathers Irenaeus and Origen wrote that the, that the wise men acknowledged the kingship of Jesus with the gift of gold. They recognised his humanity with the, with the um, gift of myrrh and they acknowledged his deity with the gift of frankincense. Now, we don't know if that is correct, of course, but um, they came to worship him with these different gifts. Now, of course, Christmas wasn't celebrated at that time. It was not, most likely not even close to this time of the year. But we can nevertheless say that the day that Jesus was born was the first Christmas morning. He was the gift that the Father sent to fulfill his sovereign plan. He was the gift of God. He was the gift of Christmas past, the gift who would bring restoration, reconciliation and redemption. But it wasn't just a single gift as such. We can think of this gift of Christmas past as, as being something like a pomegranate. A pomegranate contains many seeds that are encased in this reddish gel. In the same way, the gift of Jesus contains many gifts, all of which are encased in and surrounded by and purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. In that wonderful letter of Paul to the Ephesians, we are reminded of the gift of salvation, the gift of faith. Salvation is through faith, which is a gift of God, Paul says. There's also the gift of amazing grace, as Paul also points out to the Ephesians when he says that grace was given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Think also of all, the, all those amazing gifts that are purchased through the blood of Christ. Redemption, reconciliation, restoration, righteousness, and peace. Peace with God. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is truly an amazing gift. He's an amazing gift from an amazing God. He is the gift of Christmas past. But this royal gift, this royal gift wasn't only a gift to the people of Jesus' time. It's not just the gift of Christmas past. The gift of, of Jesus is very much for a people today as well. That's why Jesus is also the gift of Christmas present. Jesus came to his people to save them. He came to die for them. He came to be raised up for them again. But he did not stop with the people of his time. He didn't come just to save the Jews of 2,000 years ago. He didn't just come so that they could be set free from the, the spiritual chains that bound them. He didn't come just to set free a people in Jerusalem or in Judea or in Samaria. Listen to what Jesus himself says to us in the book of Acts. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. To the end of the earth, Jesus says. The gift of Christmas is available across political divides. It's available across national borders. And beloved, it's also available over all of time, across all time, until Jesus comes again. Jesus is the gift of Christmas present. To all those who would answer his call, who would turn to him and accept him, as Lord. 
If you are here this morning, I trust that you are someone who has done exactly that. Turn to the only Saviour who is able to save and that you have accepted him, that you have accepted him as Lord, your Lord and your Saviour, that you've answered his call. Blessed be our God and Father if he has placed faith in your heart and if, if his Holy Spirit has so worked in your heart that you have repented and believed. We can only fall down on our knees and worship in adoration because of what the Lord has done for us in Jesus. But perhaps you're here this morning and you know that you've, that you've not really given your heart to Jesus. You've heard those magnificent words that God has so loved you that he gave his only son, his only begotten son, that you might have eternal life. But you've not yet made that commitment to him. You've not yet answered that call. Beloved friend, Jesus is your gift too. He's very much the gift of Christmas present for you. If you answer his call, if you turn to him, if you answer his call that he's placed in your heart, he will come. He will be your saviour too. Just like those wise men who saw Jesus, the true gift of Christmas is seeking you. For he loves you. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. But friends, the gift of Christmas present isn't just for us who are sitting or standing in this church here this morning. It's not something that you and I have been blessed with and that we must keep to ourselves. Let me put it to you this way. If you've been given a gift, and if you really appreciate that gift, you're going to want to show it to others, won't you? If your parents have bought you a new phone, you're going to want to show it to your mates or to post on Twitter or something else about it, aren't you? If your boyfriend has bought you a diamond engagement ring and you've accepted it, you're going to want to share your joy with, with others by showing it to them as well, aren't you? I mean, some ladies even develop this special way of pointing at something with the left hand to show that, that finger, that ring. If you've been blessed with a gift of a child, you just want to share and show off that little bundle of joy with others, aren't you? Don't you? We want to share our joy and our gratitude with others. How much more should we then do so with the, the awesome gift that we've received in Jesus? If we are truly grateful for, for the gift of Christmas present, the gift called Jesus, wouldn't we want to share that with others too? Receiving Jesus into your heart is the biggest gift that you can ever receive. Bigger than the new phone or the diamond ring. Yes, even bigger than that child that you may love so much. Knowing this and appreciating the magnitude of this gift surely has to inspire us to share the news of Jesus with others. Not just on Christmas morning. If you love a friend or a family member, what greater gift can you give them than sharing with them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Folks, God the Father didn't send Jesus just to save the Jews of that time. He didn't send him just to save you or me. There's a massive harvest out there. And you and I are workers in that field. 
If we have accepted the gift that is Jesus, he has also empowered us with the ability to share that news, to share that news about the best gift that anyone can ever receive. And that gift is available right now until Jesus comes again. For Jesus is not only the gift of Christmas present, a past, he's also the gift of Christmas present. But that's still not all of it. For Jesus will come again. And in that sense, he's also the gift of Christmas future. The gift of Christmas to come. Jesus has come. The wise men came to acknowledge him, to worship him, to honour him. They brought precious gifts to him. But even those precious gifts are like, like specks of dust if we compare them to the gift of Jesus himself. He has paid the ultimate price. He's paid the ultimate price to bring his people into a right, right relationship with the Father. We've already seen those, some of those pomegranate seeds of the gift of Jesus. Grace, salvation, faith, redemption, restoration, reconciliation, righteousness, peace. But beloved, there's even more to come. For Jesus is the gift of Christmas future as well. For you see, when Jesus comes again, all those who have repented and believed, all those who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour, will enjoy eternal life. They'll enjoy eternal life in the presence of our triune God. This is how Jesus puts this. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. You know, even in this life we can, ex we can experience some portion of this. We know that in Jesus we are one. In Jesus we are in unity. And this is something that the world can't see in us. But dearly beloved, when Jesus comes again, when Jesus comes again, we will be covered with the gifts of glory, perfection, and oneness with the Father. And even though the book of Revelation gives us some glimpses into, into this wonderful future, we can't really begin to imagine what this will be like. But what can be more glorious, more satisfying, than sharing in perfect oneness with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What can be more glorious than that? In a very real sense, we will experience the full measure of what the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross means. We can look forward with great expectation, with abundant joy to the return of our, our Lord and Saviour Jesus. For when he returns, we will share in those final pomegranate seeds if you like the final gifts of resurrection of the dead the glorification of our bodies and the restoration of creation no longer will we groan because of our sinful nature no longer will the whole of creation groans under the weight of sin no longer will there be pain or suffering or death for beloved we will fully experience fully experience what it means to be one with Christ we will then fully understand what it means to live in unity. We will fully understand what it means to love. And we will have an eternity. An eternity to savour that. What a gift. What a gift that is. What a wonderful gift our Lord Jesus is. 
we can truly cry out with the Apostle Paul when he says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. You know, in Dickens' A Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge experienced a life-changing con- conversion, if you like, through the ghostly visitors of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas yet to come. His outlook on life was changed completely. The way he lived and interacted with others was dramatically transformed. He was no longer a, a hostage to the, the wrappings and the trappings of the world. Our Lord and our Saviour has come. He is the gift of Christmas past, the gift of Christmas present, the gift of Christmas to come. Is that a life-transforming knowledge for you? Does knowing that the one through whom and for whom everything was created, that he gave up his kingly majesty to deliver lost sinners like you and me, does that grab hold of your heart? Has it grabbed hold of your innermost being? Has it changed your outlook? Has it changed the way you live your life? How are you responding to the inexpressible gift of Jesus? Brothers, sisters, friends, Jesus is the the greatest gift ever given. He's given up his glory. He's given up his heavenly splendor so that people like us, you and me, could be made right with the heavenly Father. He gave up his earthly life so that we can live eternally. Isn't that an amazing gift? Isn't that an amazing thing that the one through whom and and for whom everything was made should give his majesty, his power, his splendor, even his very life so that you and I can live in all eternity in the company of our loving Heavenly Father. Truly, truly we can sing, Oh, what a gift. What a wonderful gift. Because Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour, is the gift that keeps on giving. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the wonderful privilege that we have of being here today as your people, that we can unite in worship. We again celebrate your love this morning, Lord, the love that that you showed in sending Jesus to rescue us, to redeem us, to restore us. And we praise you for that. Father, we also pray that you'll, that you'll help us to remember that this celebration is not about the giving of gifts, but about the greatest gift ever given. Help us to remember that, Lord, and then also to go out and share that gift with others, to make known that wonderful gift. We want Jesus to have authority over all our lives, Lord, and all that we do, all that we say, all that we think. So help us, we pray, through your Holy Spirit to surrender our lives fully to you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.